and Hound podcast. Hello and welcome to the Horse and Hound podcast, supported this month by NAF, five star for the best performance worldwide. I'm Pippa Room, magazine editor here at Horse and Hound. Well, we're nearly at the end of February and hopefully everyone is starting to feel like winter is nearly over. Perhaps you're entered up for early season horse trials or shows or just managing to get a bit more hacking in now that the lighter evenings are here. We have a treat for you on this month's podcast because we're bringing you an interview with Dressage World Champion Lottie Fry. I've been really looking forward to hearing from Lottie, so with no further ado, let's pull up our girths and get going. Hello, I'm Polly Bryan, dressage editor at Horse and Hound, and I'm so happy to be here today with none other than double world champion and world number one Lottie Fry. In case anyone isn't aware, Lottie is the British rider who's based in the Netherlands, who won two individual gold medals at the World Dressage Championships last summer, riding Van Oosthorst's gorgeous stallion, Glamourdale. Lottie, hi, how are you doing? Hi, I'm great, thank you. Excited. <laughs> Excellent. Good, good to hear it. Um, so the last time you were a guest on the Horse and Pound podcast was just before you set off to Denmark for the Worlds. And as we've just mentioned, you, of course, came home with uh, with two individual golds and, of course, team silver as well. I think going into those championships, a lot of people expected big things from you and Glamourdale. But I, I'm not sure that so many of us were quite prepared for just how good the two of you were going to be. What What were your expectations going into that championship? Gosh, it feels like a long time ago now. I bet it does. Um... <laughs> But yeah, I mean, we definitely had high expectations as well. Mm. Um, and yeah, we we really planned his training down to every little detail um, to make sure that we would have everything ready for when we were in Herning. And yeah, we also knew that if he was going like he was at home, he would be in with a very good chance of winning medals. So there was a lot of pressure going into it because yeah. I obviously felt like I was riding the best horse in the world. So we had to make sure we showed that. But yeah, I think it just it just all came together and we like I knew that he could do it for sure. Um it was just a case of whether it would all all happen on the day, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. And and that's one of the things that's amazing in horse sport, I think, is is just how um, you know, the really, really top riders like yourself do manage to ensure that they peak at just the right moment. And obviously it's not just your own personal performance, it's your horses as well. And I mean, you and Glammy looked as though you timed your peaks absolute perfection last summer. How, I mean, how do you sort of go about the timing of reaching that that peak in your performance levels at the right moment? Um, well, we, we made a kind of a, a plan from the beginning of the year mm. um, to make sure that he would be at his best then and then in the last couple of months before uh we we really kind of worked backwards um from when we would need to leave on kind of each training session finding something else that we should train to to make better um, and find some little things where we could improve so each day was kind of dedicated to a different movement for example or okay um and then all just the basics for example like the center lines and the whole rain back um, mm. and just the halts in general um and those kind of things and then we gradually built it up until 
hopefully it would all come together. <laughs> <laughs> and in terms of reaching your peak performance sort of within that that day, obviously you you might ride him sort of in the morning and then you might warm up again later because I think you were on relatively late, weren't you, most days. Um, how I mean, yeah. how do you sort of structure your warm up with him to make sure that he's just absolutely at his best as you trot into the arena? Um, yeah, well, when I was on late in the day, we, we just had him out a little in the morning just to stretch his legs and also do those few basic things. And then, yeah, I think in the actual warm up, you kind of touch on everything uh, just once to make sure it's all there. And it's all kind of about the preparation because you obviously sure. don't want it to be your best one in the warm up. Yeah, um, you want it to be the best one in the test. So for us, it's very important that we get the preparation for every movement right in the warm up, mm. um, and we work on that. And then, yeah, we we don't do too much warm up with him because he knows his job and he loves to go in the arena and show off. So as long <laughs> as I've got all those little basics, uh, then we're ready. <laughs> Yeah, and you definitely were. And of course, um, more recently, you you capped last year in amazing style winning at the London International Horse Show. And of course, you and Glammy both becoming world number ones in the respective horse and rider rankings. How amazing is it to be world number one? Yeah, uh, I mean, it's it's literally incredible. I, <laughs> I think I couldn't really believe it when I saw it. I still can't believe it. Um, but yeah I think I feel like it's like a once in a lifetime thing so I'm just enjoying it while we're there um but yeah I remember when when I saw it I think someone sent me a message about it and I looked at it and it was New Year's Eve and I saw it and I was like oh my god it's right (laughs) I was like I am and Glammy is as well and then I text Anna and she wasn't looking at her phone (laughs) <laughs> and then I was trying to get hold of someone else who was with Anna. I was like, you need to look at your phone. <laughs> oh, my God. Did you send her like a exciting. screenshot of the rankings or something? Was that how you sort of told I her? I just sent her like in massive capitals, like me and Glammy are number one. And then she wasn't reading it because she was obviously at dinner for New Year's Eve. So I knew one of her <laughs> friends. So I text him like, tell Anna to look at her phone. So obviously she panicked thinking it was some emergency. Oh, no. <laughs> But then it was all very exciting, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. I was actually going to ask you, how does it sort of work when you become number one? How how do you find out? You said that someone sort of let you know to look at the rankings. I wondered whether the FEI sort of call you or, or send you a letter to no, tell you that you're no world no, number think, one. You'd have thought they might. I think some news put it on social media and I just happened to open Facebook or something and I saw it there. <laughs> oh my gosh, really? <laughs> Yeah, I was like, what? <laughs> did I mean, did you expect that? I don't, I don't, you know, how much sort of attention do you pay to those those rankings and, and the points and how they're sort of changing month to month? Um, to be honest, I, I don't really follow them too much. Yeah. Um, because it's it's not always so so accurate because it is changing all the time and it, it carries on for so however long. I don't know how, how it 100% works. But yeah, I think, yeah, to be number one, it's really, really exciting. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, definitely. And I don't think anybody would um, sort of contest the fact that you and Glammy are the best in the world at the moment. <laughs> um, tell us a bit about what Glammy's up to at the moment um, at home. Is he is he sort of gearing up for a competition? Is he in training? I know he'll, he's presumably doing quite a lot of breeding. Yeah, um, he's doing breeding for the frozen seamen. Yeah. Um and he well he had a bit of a holiday after London and he's now back in full work and we're getting ready to go to 
the KWPN Stallion show in Denbosch next week. Okay. So next weekend, yeah. He's going to go there um, just to kind of show off as yeah. world champion. <laughs> and I think he'll be presented with something. Um, but it's always a huge event. And it's the first time it's back in Denbosch after being a few years either online or in a smaller venue because of COVID. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be really exciting because there is so much atmosphere there. Um, and everyone is, yeah, always really excited to see all the stallions. And I think yeah. to be able to show Glamadol that is, is going to be very exciting. Oh, my gosh. I bet he absolutely loves that kind of event, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, he is. He's, he's really going to love it. Um, and the arena is huge. And even the warm-up, like, people are crowded everywhere. Um, so, yeah, he is. He's really going to love that. Amazing. Um, so what's his routine like over the course of a week at the moment? Now he's sort of back in back in training after his holiday. How how many times a week do you ride him? You know, how, how often do you work him or or sort of ride him more more on a more relaxed basis? Um, I'll probably train him at the moment four times a week. Um mm-hmm. and then Anna will be there kind of helping us, watching us, training us. Um and then he he also does the, the water treadmill. Um, and he'll have one day off totally and one kind of easy day, either stretching or hacking around the fields outside. Um, okay. Or just kind of chilling out. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he's quite a varied life and he's treated like a king every day. <laughs> <laughs> Good. He deserves to be. <laughs> yeah. He gets Aww. lots of carrots. He demands <laughs> lots of carrots, actually. Does he? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is he still chatty? I remember you telling me a few oh, years very, ago that he was a very talkative yeah. stallion. <laughs> yeah, he is. Like when you come in the stable, he, he, you hear him straight away. Like he's <laughs> desperate for you to come down and cuddle him and give him carrots. And then also when Anna comes in the stable, he does it again. He's like, I haven't had any carrots. You have to come and see me. <laughs> oh, bless him. <laughs> yeah. Well, Lottie, we are just going to take a very quick break. We will be back with Lottie Fry in just a moment. This month's Horse and Hand podcast is supported by NAF Five Star for the best performance worldwide. Gutsy horses stay clear on NAF Five Star Gastrivet. Target the stomach and care for the glandular and non-glandular regions daily with this palatable, clinically proven formula. Five Star Gastrivet works to support stomach lining, strength and durability. Well, we are back here with our guest this week, none other than dressage world champion Lottie Fry. So tell me a bit about some of the other horses that are coming up now in your string. You've got you've got quite a few that are kind of beginning their Grand Prix careers, haven't you? Yeah. Um, so I have Don Joe, mm. um, who's just won in Exlo in the freestyle. He's really, really cool. He's turning 11 and he's kind of like a, like a mini Glamadale. Um, he's also black and they look quite similar. Um but yeah, he's he's just got such a great character and he also loves to go in the ring. He's a stallion as well. Um, and yeah, I think he's he's got a, a lot more to come when he gets stronger. Oh, brilliant. Um, and then I also have Lars, mm. which he has been a big favorite on social media because he's 
chestnut and I don't usually ride chestnuts. No, it's definitely um, an unusual colour for you. Yeah, but he's also, he's so cute. He's a gelding and um, he's been trained by Anna for the last two years up to Grand Prix. Um, so he's, yeah, he's really nice to ride. Um, and she knows him inside out. So when she's helping me, it's literally like, you just have to do this, this and this. And there it is. Amazing. Um, (laughs) and he's, he's been to two small internationals and, um, I just took him this weekend to do a national and he, I think he got 72.8, which is a personal best for him. And he won. So that was exciting. Mm. And then I have two younger Everdales, Everdale babies who are coming up to Grand Prix. One is already at Grand Prix and the other one is going to be coming to Grand Prix this year. So, Oh, lovely. What are they called? Cool. So Inclusive. He's oh, yes. already already done some things last year. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I'm excited to get him out again because he's very, very talented. Um, and the other one is a special. He's a grey. He's just turning nine this year, so he's still very young, but... He just finds everything so easy. He's like his dad um, and so much energy and loves to work. So, yeah, it's, it's great to work with him. Oh, good star. Yeah, really exciting horses. And speaking of his dad, how is Everdale, um, the man himself, your Olympic <laughs> ride from 2021? Yeah, Everdale is very well. He's just been to Mechelen uh, for the mm. World Cup qualifier. Um, where he was second and third and he was very excited to be out again um, <laughs> and yeah he loved it I think Namadale kind of took his spotlight a little bit from him <laughs> last year so he was very happy to go out as a as an only <laughs> child to the show <laughs> oh bless him you're number one yeah. again <laughs> yeah he's, he's really really sweet and yeah Aww. he also has such a great character that's so lovely to hear. Um, I know you mentioned you are off to the big international show in Amsterdam later this week, which will actually be behind us by the time this podcast is out. But tell me um, about some of your other plans for sort of the first part of this year. Are there particular shows you've got your eye on? Um, how how far ahead do you plan at this stage? Um, we've, we've kind of started to make a rough plan. Um, we haven't really fully decided on anything yet, but we've kind of yeah, started to look at shows all the way up to the Europeans to decide yeah. which show would suit which horse and stuff like that because, well, it's a very nice position to be in to have so many <laughs> horses to compete, but it's also yeah. impossible to compete them all at the same show. Sure, um, of course. So we have to make a, a very good plan to be able to make sure that I'm also home enough to to train the ones at home and also show them at the competitions. So, yeah, we have Amsterdam. Uh, mm-hmm. Dark Legend and also uh, there's a national small tour there which I'm taking Jackson to another Everdale baby oh good stuff uh, so he will be doing his third ever present George which is exciting and yeah after Amsterdam then we have the Stallion show in Den Bosch and after that there's nothing really kind of set we've, yep. we've looked at a few different shows after that but nothing nothing for sure yet mm-hmm how how do you decide which horses go to which shows? I mean, is it as simple as which, which sort of, you know, the atmosphere that might suit them or or the travelling distance or, you know, what are the factors that go into that? Yeah, it's definitely a bit of, bit of both of those. Um, I also think it's about which horse is feeling ready at the time. And I think that's such a great thing about having um, a few horses is that you don't have to push if they're not ready at that moment. Um, yeah. 
then it's likely that one of the others. I always find that when you're not planning to take one of the horses, they suddenly like improve and they're like, take me, take me. <laughs> and I'm like, oh no, now what? Who am I going to take? They all want to go. <laughs> oh, definitely. Yeah. The, uh, the problem yeah. with having so many fantastic horses. <laughs> and they um, compete against each other and they're like, I'm the best. No, I'm the best. <laughs> They've all got that really sort of amazing character, haven't they? Or it seems that way. They've all, yeah. you know, they love to be, you know, showing off and yeah, being being the sort of centre of attention, which must be just lovely to to have in the stable and it shows. Yeah, it really is. And presumably you compete at quite a lot of national shows as well as the big ones. Um, you mentioned that you took Lars to his first Grand Prix at a national show uh, the other day. What's the sort of national competition circuit like in the Netherlands, maybe compared to Britain? I know it's been probably a few years now since you did much competing in Britain, but but what's it like at a at a sort of a Dutch weekend show? Well, I guess there's for me it feels like there is a lot more um over here in a smaller space. Mm. Um because probably within two hours we have maybe fifteen or twenty different venues, which yeah, it, I was also from the north of England, so there wasn't that many to choose from. Yeah. And yeah, there's also Grand Prix at a lot, which I think is quite different. Um, so there's there's Grand Prix on every week. And yeah, there's also, I guess, uh, the classes are always very big here. Um, there's always a lot of competition. So yeah, and I mean, the the venues are all really nice, um, really nice arenas. Um, there's so there's like the winter season where it's only indoors, and the summer season where it's uh, both, but mainly outdoors. Yeah, um, which is good cut to kind of practice for the internationals. And I imagine you must come across quite a lot of your sort of fellow top international riders at some of these small shows, all out sort of on younger horses or getting mm -hmm. in a uh, getting in a run. Um, that must be quite nice. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of the, the Dutch international, also other international riders who are based in Holland. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we, we do see each other a lot at either stallion competitions or young horse competitions or just the national competition. Yeah, of course. And I imagine um, a lot of people listening might be wondering, what's the food like at Dutch show centres? Do you get cheesy chips? <laughs> what's the uh, what's the horse show staple over there? <laughs> I have to say, I've never seen cheesy chips in Holland. <laughs> I do miss that. Um, but no, it's like it's like really Dutch snacks. I mean, you get like the usual sandwiches and then it's always the Dutch snacks. So like, oh my gosh, I only know them in Dutch. Like... <laughs> Kaz souffle, which is like a, a cheese souffle, which is absolutely delicious. It's my favorite. <laughs> um, and then, yes, all these other Dutch snacks, which I can't even describe because they would sound disgusting if I said it out loud. <laughs> but they're actually really good. There's like fries with curry sauce, mayo, and raw onions. <laughs> Ooh, interesting. And it's, it's delicious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh, not just before you ride, but... <laughs> It's your treat afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Well, Lottie, it has been such a pleasure to have you on the Horse and Hound podcast today. Thank you so, so much for joining us. And we all can't wait to see what you can achieve in 2023. Thank you for having me. Well, I hope you all enjoyed that special interview with Lottie. 
Thanks to her for joining us on the Horse and Hound podcast, sponsored this month by NAF Five Star for the best performance worldwide. We'll be back at the end of March when we'll look forward to the Grand National with a special guest from the world of jump racing. Look forward to talking to you then. The Horse and Hound podcast is a Media Cage production.